Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This week, we're talking about travel disasters. Coming to you live from the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, you're watching The Trip. This is The Trip, episode 42 for the week of December 9th, 2015. The Trip is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect vacation, whether it be theme parks on the West Coast, East Coast, or on the seas. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone. This is The Trip, our crazy attempt about talking about travel, family, and everything in between. I'm Jenny Lynn. And I'm Teresa, and back in the production area of the studio, we have Craig. Our producer. Williams. Hi. Mr. Craig Williams. Yes, it's me. Okay, well this week we are not taking you anywhere, guys, so you're just going to have to sit tight with us here in the studio, because last week we attended Dizapalooza and had a great time. We did. It was fun. Had our little own private party in uh, Diagon Alley for... Three hours. Was it three hours? Three hours? Yeah, Give or take. Two and a half. Two and a half? Two and a half. Okay. Um, and it was fantastic. So um, hopefully, those of you that are watching were able to make it. If not, then you missed out and we're sorry. Craig's making a recovery back there. You all right over there? Oh, wow. You got something to drink? You need some water? Well, that's the problem. It was one of those situations where it went down the wrong pipe. Oh, Okay. Okay. We weren't attempting to help you at all. Nope. We were not trying to cover for you. Anyway. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, he's got a furball. He's like coughing up a lung. That's what sounds like when he, right before he hawks up a furball. <laughs> well, you good? Oh, I'm fine. What happened? The show will continue. I know. Okay, so, well. Turn back your facial hair, dude. You'll be, okay, go ahead. <laughs> We didn't miss Dizapalooza, but that also meant that we didn't get out. So this week, we are talking about true travel disaster stories. Okay, let's take this down a notch. When you say that, I'm thinking airline crashes <laughs> and planes missing in the Bermuda Triangle and stuff. No. This is personal this vacation is travel. Mishaps. Mishaps, yeah. Yeah, there will be no stories about people dying, tragedies. We're not here to bring you down today. We're actually here to hopefully share a few laughs. That's what I want to do. Okay. Go ahead. We always do it Teresa's way. So. No, we don't. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, it's anyway. my way. It's no, time no, to get into the issue. <laughs> okay. We don't always do it my way. <laughs> She's not going to let it go. I always do it Trace's way. I'm I never get leg. my way. That box is bothering me. It needs to move. Is it in the camera? It is not in the camera. It's, a, it's only bothering you and no one else because they can't see it. What's the issue, JL? Well, this week's issue, we have another listener email. This one was from Brian Sosha in New Jersey. What does Brian have to say? He says, hello, I wanted to send over a show recommendation for the trip. I would like maybe a top five, not including Disney World or Universal Orlando, must-see or do list. It would be great to hear about your go-to places when not in a Disney or Universal mood. It would be helpful to learn more about what else there is while on your extended 
Orlando vacation. My thought was maybe not to do this right now and do what he said, make it an episode. I mean, I think that's... Okay. You think? Yeah. Well, why... I think. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Something I probably should have done earlier. But uh, instead of talking about it in there, in terms of uh, everything we've done this year... Well, mostly you. I didn't do much this year. But uh, what about almost doing like a brief recap here while we're talking about it? Some of the better things that we we have done this year in terms of with the trip. and So do like a little short top five moments of 2015. Yeah, your, your look back on the Craig. past. Yes, ma'am. Put the camera on me. I can't remember last week. <laughs> and you well, want me to go back a whole year? Well, I mean, it's the standout moment. So weeks. we already know, like, Escape Game would be. That's number up one. There. Yeah. That's got to be number one. So now we're going backwards, not a countdown. Do you have anything that we did this year that pops in your mind as something you thought was pretty fantastic? Fantastic, fun, or a total disaster? Whichever one. You just clarify which one you it go is. go first. Let me think. Oh, I'm not as exactly ready either. Um, let's see. What did we do? I really enjoyed this is I don't know if this is like lower on the list. So it'd be higher on the list. I actually really enjoyed when we had our whole iDrive 360 time when we went to the I, I Madame Tussauds and Sea Life Aquarium all in that one I shot. I enjoyed that. I liked my road trip updates. Okay. Yeah, that, that was, was kind of it and was fun. The listeners really liked going. that too. They responded. And I, um, I don't know. There were so many moments. The uh, where was the one where we took Dustin around and we drank at all the different bars in Cocoa Beach? That was your Cocoa Beach oh, one, yeah. yeah. Our Cocoa Beach pub crawl. Yeah, that was kind of that, fun. Was, that was for St. Um, Patrick's, Patrick's Day. Yeah. The Irish, that the Irish fun. pubs. A little bit of Irish there. I don't know. They're all fun. They were all good. We've got three there. Escape Game makes it four. Craig, can you think of one more? I mean, I know it's very recent, but ice is still even an impression on me. Yeah. I like My it. hands are still yeah. numb. I, that was good. <laughs> I did enjoy ice. Still has the evidence of I had totally forgotten about it since you mentioned it. Before you mentioned oh, it. Oh, I apologize. I just have no... Okay, what else? Hmm. Well, I think that's that's a good quick... Top yeah. five. Um, four. Something we can. No, it was not. <laughs> it was four. It was five. It was three and a half. Whatevs. Okay. I like the dis- the ones where the like we're having today, where we're going to talk about listeners sharing the listener sharing input that. stuff. I like that kind of stuff. We usually have a really good time. I liked my romantic Valentine's Day meal with the cat. <laughs> my husband didn't show up. That was fun. Good old Klaus. Trying to get him to sit at the table and eat spaghetti was a tough one. This show would be nothing without Klaus. I know it. <laughs> he knows it. He's truly the star. Um, anyway, so I guess that was a quick little top five for you. Something that I did want to say was we want to continue to get your input. Um, we're going into a new year, changing up things a little bit. 2016. This is a fantastic time to write to us with your um, suggestions as far as like topic episodes, things that you want to hear. Your comments. Your Yes, definitely your comments. One thing that we are going to be doing in the new year is we're going to be covering a little bit more Disney content as well. So if you have uh, trip planning questions as far as like things that you'd like for us to explore in Disney, that's, you know, fair game as well. So write to us at the trip at disunplugged.com. And we hope that we do hear from you. And maybe uh, one of your emails will be included in our issue in following weeks. 
Maybe. Maybe not. Wait, did he Maybe just say not. in the following weeks? Following weeks, months. I would say the following year? months. Yeah. Months. Maybe I don't know this about you, the but year? I'm not going to do a show for another three weeks after tomorrow. Okay, so Craig's getting technical. I'm meaning with the start of the new year. The start of the new year. Come 2016. The trip at disunplug.com. Right. Yeah, we want to hear from you. So. Uh, Tell us your concerns, your thoughts. <laughs> Tell us all your thoughts on God. Therapy with Teresa time. It's not going to be the issue anymore. Um, so anyway, with that, I guess we will get into a little bit of trip talk. Oh. That was interesting. Quiet. Yeah. It's like a silent so, movie. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was there. <laughs> So this week we're talking about travel disasters, true stories. We heard from quite a few of you and you had some great things to share. There was enough input that we couldn't include everyone. So I'm sorry if we don't get to your email today, but thank you for writing to us. And it might be something that we cover in a future episode. Um, The first thing, and it was kind of a common thing, was... Sickness. Sickness seems to be a big thing that interferes with uh, travel, trips, That vacations. would trip up your trip. Yep, exactly. So we've there. got some really interesting horror stories to share. Our first one. Am I on camera? Our first one was from Stacy Place. <laughs> and um, she just. Go ahead. I'm listening. Okay. I'm going to listen. Tell us. She said. What happened to Stacy? I was flying back to Providence from Florida. What airline? I don't have that little okay, detail. Sorry about that. Um, I'll I'll get back with Stacy and we'll let okay. you know. It's a good detail to have. I am trying to get a visual. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's just say Southwest. I don't know. I was sitting next to a really nice guy. We were talking that and having a great time. I thought, wow, being stuck in the next to the last row isn't so bad. Then, all of a sudden, the little girl sitting behind me started projectile vomiting. The mother, rather than getting out a bag, lifted the little girl up to carry her to the bathroom. So the puke was landing on me and the guy next to me. Neither one of us could talk. The mother never apologized. The flight attendants were so nice trying to get us cleaned up and giving us hot coffee to smell to take away any barf scents. The mother told the flight attendant that the stomach flu was going through her family, and they were glad that the girl even made it onto the plane. I think she was probably the only one who was glad the little girl made it onto the plane. It was awful, but then I had to get off the plane in Charlotte. I had no extra clothes in my carry-on. I tried to clean up in the bathroom, but I stunk and really just wanted a shower. It took me a long time to get over it, and just when I started to, I was on a flight to Las Vegas, and there was a very airsick girl in front of me. I went to the bathroom, and somehow the door didn't lock. She opened the door, and when I saw her face, I started screaming. All I could think of was her puking on me, because she'd been traumatized from the last time. I thought that was hilarious. Was it chunky? (laughs) I'm assuming so. Usually vomit is chunky. Okay. Stacy, we want more details about the texture I can relate of the vomit. To, yeah, I need I need more visual details so I can get a <laughs> you know a picture in my head. I can relate to this because I I probably told this story before. I was on a plane not too long ago, and the woman next to me threw up the entire time, filled many bags, and the smell I can get past. It's the sound of the activity That's that really I have difficult. issues with. That's I don't know a, how you get. 
past the smell though. That's well, the a tough smell one. I think was wafing the other way. No, that it was because I was on the plane with you, you and the were, smell was, was wafing back my way. Yeah, because you were like across the aisle, a couple rows back. Yep. No, I could not smell anything. I remember getting those whiffs. But I, the, it was the. We know that sound. Yes. And the splashing of the. I mean, it was just. Yeah, I well, can't get past that. Do you but. remember the best part of that story too? What was the best part of the story? The best part of the story is that I booked all of our tickets for that flight, and. It was on Delta, so I had control of where to move everyone around to. And for that one, I was trying to be nice to you and put you on an aisle seat a, <laughs> a little bit closer up. And then <laughs> you got this because of well, that. Well, you weren't in the aisle seat. You were next to the window, but you had the emergency Earth exit. exit, row, exit yeah. row. Was it? Yeah, I was actually. It was just the, her and I. Oh, that's. I moved you to the emergency, emergency exit for extra yeah. space. Yeah. And Thank you. That's why she couldn't flight. get out because she was next to the window, and so she was just kind of stuck. Oh. Yeah, and she had to sit there with the lady puking next to her the entire time. <laughs> it was lovely. And her, in her case, it was air sickness. She had just got off another flight that she had issues. It was bumpy, mm-hmm. and she kind of carried it because she kept apologizing in between. But her fa- face was in the bag, so it was hard to hear her. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> and I was like, okay, please stop. I know, apologize. That's, that's a bad thing to. It's you just know. a situation where. So no now one I know in that in my instance I just blame Mr. Williams. Yeah, I mean I was control. Yeah, that was my fault. Fall Put me it. next so, to the. And now I don't remember it. I was probably drunk. <laughs> I know you were. You were up way ahead of us, and you know having his own issue. <laughs> I had a similar experience, although not. Oh, you didn't want the music. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> um. I I had a situation with sickness, but not during the travel. It was, in in fact, it was my family that came to travel and visit me at Christmas. And the problem was is that when they were there during the time um, they were staying with me, it was a very large group. It was my dad, my mom, my brother, my sister, my sister's friend, and my sister's boyfriend. For whatever reason, my sister had an entourage, and then myself and uh, my husband and our three children, all packed into one house. And my son came down with it first. Miller got the flu bug. And slowly it worked itself through. I was the next one to go down. And then, again, eventually everybody. Now, because I was one of the first people to get it, I was also one of the first ones to recover recover, from it. But everyone else was sick as a dog for days. And I couldn't send them home. And it was so bad because we lived in Virginia and it was freezing cold. So you can't really open the windows to air out the smell. I mean, you, you freeze within a minute, or at least I do, within a minute um, if you're doing that. But it was just me after I finally got better, constantly cleaning up someone's vomit somewhere. And it was so intense. that This is not a joke and I am not exaggerating here. It got to the point where as I would walk through the house and I would pass different areas I could know I could tell who was where positioned within the house by I started to recognize people by the smell of their vomit that's how okay, bad it was moving on that's it disgusting. was really really bad and I couldn't get them out because they had to just stay there until it was all done I couldn't have them travel yeah. to go home being sick when you're traveling is rough and being sick when you're in someone else's house is really rough. it's one thing to be in a hotel and be ill. But. Yeah, and it's well, also because I mean, okay, so as a mom, you clean up your kids' puke and you get through it. It's a little bit rough, but you do it. 
it's different when it's somebody oh, it's else. else's. Yeah. I mean, I'm cleaning up my sister's friend's vomit. It's di- oh, I wouldn't have. Well, somebody has to. I'm not okay, going to let I it know. sit in my no. house. So it just it was a really that was wow. that was a tough Christmas for me. Do we have a story that doesn't involve vomit? Well, I've got one more question on the vomit line. So obviously, we've all been sick in a hotel before. Uh, whenever that happens, how do you feel about like? The horror about, okay, the housekeeper's going to have to come in here after. And well, let me ask you that question, because I've been in a room <laughs> next to you when you were sick. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was that one time I had bad Arby's, I think. It was something. How, so because, how did you feel about it? Uh, no, I, I, I think it's like one of the worst feelings in the world. Like, not to the point that I would never travel ever again, but... There's nothing more embarrassing than, you know, you're you're in a hotel and you take sometimes you take housekeeping for granted uh in terms of what they have to go through and being sick on a trip, I almost feel like you should leave them extra money yeah. just Tip to make up for more. the fact that right? so. there might be a little bit of disgustingness left I behind. I just give you a few Although dollars, I'm but not here's too, a bunch. I'm not too much of a messy person when I'm sick. There was this time I was seasick when we were on the 7 and 7 for Universal. And I mean, I was I'm clinging to that. About it all. I was clinging to that toilet all night, but I there was no mess for my stateroom host to clean up. And I was scared actually because I was alone. I mean, you guys were there, but you were off running around with Rhino Craig, and Pete was off with Dustin. And I was just by myself in my room and didn't have any. I thought, what if it gets really bad and I don't have anyone to help me? I was on Facebook puking and on Facebook the entire I time because I felt like I needed to have contact with the world in case something happened to me. I'd put a Facebook post up. I would tip tip extra yeah. if I really trashed the room with oh, bodily fluids. All right, what's next? Absolutely. Uh, the next one is a, a letter from Eric Pearson. He was talking about overcrowding and a little bit of sickness as well. He says, this story is pretty awful. <clears throat> But as soon as I saw the call out on Twitter, I had to share. My family drove to Walt Disney World from Indiana for the last time. Let me explain. It was the first time we had all traveled with my soon-to-be brother-in-law. My mother is terrified of flying, so we had to drive. Six people with luggage in a vehicle that is only supposed to fit five was undoubtedly not the wisest decision. On day one of our travels, we stopped at Steak and Shake in Tennessee. Later that night, my entire family, minus my brother-in-law, got extremely violent food poisoning. Trying to save money, we stopped in Georgia for the night and tried to, uh, tried to all sleep in one suite at a typical hotel off of the interstate. It was the most awful experience any of us have had. Five people in one room with food poisoning was a nightmare. Somehow we made it to our resort on Disney property later the following day. But the effects of food poisoning lingered throughout our stay. It was the last time we made that drive and my last time going to Steak and Shake. Wow. Overcrowding. Have you ever had one of these situations while you're yeah, traveling? too many people. It's really uncomfortable. And I think it lends itself to getting sick as well. Well, it also lends itself to bickering and fighting and pulling me down and messing with the mood. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're on a holiday or it's around a holiday like Christmas or Thanksgiving. And that's when you're with all your friends and family and if you're all crammed in one location you know it's the pits it's yeah you're on top of each other and it's and it might not necessarily be someone you you want to be that you know because you 
you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. Mm-hmm. And if you're sharing a room with someone in your family that you might not necessarily get along with all the time, it makes it hard. Well, that leads to another question. How do you feel about these big... Uh, these big family vacations where everyone thinks they need to stay extended family and all in the same house. That depends on the family. Cause I am telling you what my, f- if my family tried to do that, I'm thinking about my, my guy's side of the family. We would all initially think that was a great idea. Traveling together, being together mm-hmm. all in the same place. But by the end of it, we would probably kill each other. You have to have your space. Um, like my road trip last summer, the whole family was there. A lot of us were renting the hotel, and we had the hotel. It was, but we each had enough space. We had to share bathrooms. But also, I think you need to remember, especially with older people, they need to have their space because they're not used to all the little people running around. And little people, I mean children, mm. not actual little people. I know that's a <laughs> point with you there, Craig. But... um yeah, you got to give them their space, or mm-hmm. you will go insane. And Absolutely. we've had—I remember one Christmas, everyone came back to my mom and dad's house, and I was—I was still living there, so I was probably in a, a teen. But all the cousins were at the house. The house was filled with, with people, and there was no room. And my mother was going around lighting candles to make it festive, right? Because it was Christmas. And she's lighting a candle with the old wood matches. And I remember the cousin, we were all laying on the floor because there was no, no seats, or no, you know, because the adults got the chairs, right. the kids were on the floor. And my mother lit a candle and shook it out or blew it out, and the top of the candle flew off, landing on my cousin's head. Oh. And, of course, the top of her head started smoking. <laughs> and everybody in the room jumped up and, you know, started beating on poor Lori's head. And, you know, and she was clueless, you know. You know, my dad's hitting her with a pillow. <laughs> it's like, okay, Merry Christmas. <laughs> His head's on fire. <laughs> it is. I mean, I can uh, traveling with our family. I think about like when we 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 had an extended reunion mm-hmm. with my grandfather, Grandpa Ernie, love him. And for his birthday, we all went to Grandpa Ernie. We all went to Disney World. And stayed in, you know, our different resort rooms. But even that, even having our different resort rooms, trying to coordinate everybody's schedule and getting us you know, to get together to eat meals. Like, we all didn't like each other by the end. No. And I swore and off see, ever planning one of those things ever again. That's the whole deal when you're traveling to a destination with family. Don't try to make it all like that. We did it the first time we came to Disney World with my in-laws when Grace was under a year old was a disaster. One is because of who I was traveling with. Mm-hmm. And two, it was just, we weren't used to being together and we all were together at old Key West. And, and it was, I mean, it was beautiful. Obviously it's a beautiful resort, but you know, I just, I got to have my own space. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to know or, your group. And or whether the crap's going to hit the even fan. When my, my family used to camp. Yeah. And we had the pop-up camper and we were a family of six. Six people in a pop-up camper. Technically everyone had a bed, but let me tell you, those were not pleasant vacations yeah. for Looking me. Back we were on, it on now, top of each like, other. It's like okay, we survived it, but still it makes it tense and it's not fun. So yeah. what else we got here? 
Okay, then we had Nancy Lynch write in mm-hmm. with a, a story about nakedness. Oh, I can relate to this one, too. She Tell me what's said, happening. A couple of years ago, my family and I drove to Virginia for a week's vacation at Williamsburg, Virginia. The issue was on our trip home. We were eager to get home quickly, so our first stop was a fast food restaurant. We decided not to go... We decided to go through the drive-thru for breakfast. I mistakenly ordered coffee and accidentally spilled it on the front of my pants. I immediately jumped out of the car and pulled off my pants in broad daylight. I was wearing granny panties, and I keep waiting to see this on YouTube. It would probably be hysterical. I was burned, but the burns healed after a couple of weeks. Her lesson is don't buy or drink hot coffee through a drive-thru unless you are extremely careful. She pulled her pants off this in broad woman, daylight? Well, she had, I mean, apparently she had burns that were serious enough that they didn't heal for weeks. Wow. She jumped out of the car, pulled her pants off, and ran around in granny panties. See, the flip side of this, one of the first, not, it might have been the same trip. No, it was a trip before we came down. We didn't go to Disney. We went to Universal. Max, and I probably told you this story, we were at a hotel in downtown Orlando, and he got grits, hot grits on his wrist. I don't remember this no? story. No? Uh-uh. Okay, so he, he was like, I'm going through the buffet, and I'm going to take do it myself, right? And I was sitting at the table waiting for him to get his breakfast, and he comes back to the table, like ran back to the table, holding his plate and holding his wrist out, and like... He was making no noise, but tears were coming down his face. And I looked at his wrist, and he had a blob of grits steaming on his wrist. And instead of flicking it off, I'm like, well, why didn't you take it off? And he's still going, freaking out. So we got the grits off his wrist. But, yeah, he got burnt. They had to do an incident report. incident report on it, but. I, have, I don't think I'd take my pants off. I don't, maybe I would if I was burning <laughs> enough. You know, there are moments when you, you think – I would never do that, and yet you do end up doing this. I had something not not similar in that there was an accident, but a miscalculation in planning. When the kids were very young, we still lived in Virginia, we came down, I think it was 2008. This is actually one of the stories that started off my blog that I had initially, okay. The Disney Driven Life. Um, we came down to Disney for our vacation, and having lived in Virginia for as long as we did, I had forgotten what it was like in Florida during the month of May. In Virginia, it's still pretty cold in May. In Florida, not so much. So I had packed, you know, warmer clothes. I mean, I did have shorts and everything for us, but in my mind when we were there, you know, it's warm during the day, and then I thought, well, it's going to be really cold in the evening, so I need to, um, we're going out, we were going to the campfire, in Fort Wilderness mm-hmm. to watch the movie and do the whole sing-along thing. And I thought, I need to dress everyone in long sleeves and pants, you know, the little sweater over right. the long sleeves and stuff. Um, Joel, my husband, was not having it. He was like, no, I'm wearing shorts. And my other two really didn't want to. And I didn't push the issue with them, but I, you know, guilt-tripped them, of course, with, you know, well, you're going to be sorry later on because you're right. going to be cold and I'm not going to listen to your fussing and it's going to be your tough luck because... I won't have a jacket for you, and you'll just have to learn your lesson the hard way. Turned out I was the one who had to learn the lesson the hard way because poor Ellie, who was uh, like two at the time or three, um, just had to do what I told her to do, and I dressed her what I thought was appropriately. Right. 
as well as myself. But okay, so we were late in getting there and I was in a mad rush to make sure that we didn't miss it. You know, neurotic Disney mom, I have to be there when it starts. And so we get to the main place and realize because I'd never done it before, this campfire isn't in the central location. You've got to go to BFE, where they've got it in some other place, and catch buses and whatever else. And then you have to, you know, run to the bus stop. I had my poor child, you know, long sleeves, sweater, jeans, everything. She's three. For every step I take, she's taking two or three and running behind me. So sweating, sweating, sweating. We're running to the bus stop, running to wherever we are. She's getting more and more red by the moment just sweat pouring and just like a tomato we finally get there and this poor child like I thought she's gonna die of heat exhaustion like you could just see it and I was like there's an emergency gonna happen I stripped her down I mean she was little but still it's like serious nakedness all over the place and all of the parents are looking at me like oh you know what is she doing why is this child naked and you know I had to take it was really embarrassing like I stripped off her shirt she's topless and I take her, um, I take the long sleeves of her shirt and I kind of did it like, have you ever seen those handkerchief um, t-shirts? So I tied it around her like one of those handkerchief uh, tops. And so all of our little pictures with the characters from that evening has Ellie with like her shirt just kind of like stretched across her front with the sleeves tied in the back. Just, you know, the poor thing. But it was the same thing. Me stripping my child, you know, for God and all of creation to see in the middle of the campfire. Um, next one was delayed arrivals I'm sure we all can relate to this we've got a couple of these the first one is Brian Lamondola he said not necessarily a worst trip so to speak but likely the worst start to a trip I've had was years back as my entire family was ready to embark on a trip in the middle of the night as we all slept in advance of our early morning flight the phone rang my dad answered and brought the phone into me as it was The person was calling specifically for me. Bear in mind, this was the middle of the night, and I was about 15 at the time. And why my dad thought it made sense for me to be getting a call at that time and didn't question the caller is beyond me. But I guess that's what happens when you aren't thinking clearly in the middle of the night. On the other line was the airline telling me our flight, scheduled for hours later, had been canceled. Other members of the family soon got their own calls. It all turned out fine in the end because we were able to push the entire trip back one day and everything fit into place. We spent what was to be the first day of our vacation sitting around the house with no food in it since we had cleaned out the place in advance of our week-long trip, and we watched movies eagerly awaiting our now belated departure. Has this ever happened to you? I didn't even know the airlines called houses to say your flight's been canceled. Well, not when you're 15. That's bizarre. Um, No, I guess they would, yeah. Yeah? It's like you get a text now that your flight's delayed. I guess that's true. Has this ever happened to you? Have you ever missed a... A flight like this ever been canceled? Mm, He's just the oddball. No. <laughs> we lament your your situation, Brian. Um, Paige Lou, this was I liked this one too. She writes to us and says, "My boyfriend had planned a surprise Disney trip for my birthday. A month before we went, I walked past the computer and saw an email from Disney." It was a reservation confirmation email, so I ruined my own surprise. She was digging through his emails page. <laughs> we know the true story. Yeah. It was a short two-and-a-half-day trip flying out of a small airport with a connecting flight. Our first plane was delayed, which made us miss our connecting flight. We were stuck alone overnight, and we, g- we got to our resort around 2.30 p.m. a day late. But there were problems getting us checked in because we had missed our check-in day. 
We were finally ready to get to our room, but when we got to our room and opened it, there was a family with a mostly naked dad on the other side of the door. They also did not speak English, which made the situation even more awkward. Wow. We went down to the front desk, got it all sorted out, and made it to the parks eventually. The quick two-and-a-half-day trip turned to a -a one-and-a-half-day trip, and we did still end up hitting all four parks and all attractions that we wanted to, and but we finished it all limping. We did get engaged on that trip as well, so it all worked oh. out, but seemed awful at first. Stuff happens. I guess. Okay, I'm going to tell my Paige story since Paige wrote, and you've probably already heard this. Okay, road trip a couple years ago. We were driving home, and Paige, who lives in, was on the path of where I was going, had offered for my family to stay at her lake house, her family's lake house. Mm -hmm. I told you this story, I know. I love this story. I'm listening. And so, and we had never met Paige, ever, ever, ever met her before, just on Facebook and as, you know, dizzers and friends and such. So we're getting there, and it's getting dark, and we're looking for her house, and she's there, her and her husband are there, and I think some of his cousins. And my sister, who was totally against this whole idea because, and her husband, we don't know these people, right? So we get there, and it was a beautiful home, right? And we met Paige, and she was very sweet, very sweet people. But the first thing they do was they separate us because the bedrooms were on opposite side of the house. So I'm kind of freaking. Stella and I are on one side and Brenda and her husband on the other side. And then we go in and Stella is not sleeping because she's like, well, what, you know, she could like hatchet us in our sleep. And we don't know. <laughs> we don't know her, right? So Stella's like, I'm not going to sleep. So she's like, oh, I said, we'll take turns. So we set the alarm on my phone. And for the first couple hours, <laughs> we slept in shifts for fear of Paige or Nevin coming in and like hatcheting us. Paige the serial killer. Right. In the morning. Who traps people in, the in morning, her lake house. I hear noises talking. At one point we finally just both fell asleep. But in the morning I hear Paige talking and then I hear my brother-in-law talking and I'm going, okay, well they're out there. And she's out there making blueberry muffins like we've been there a dozen times before. But it was Susie Homemaker who breaks into the right. middle of the night to Clap right. you on the head Club with her death. baking yeah. it was, rolling pin. It was an odd little story. So if you admitted this to Paige before? Oh, yes, I have. Okay. No, I have. I, I told her. I thought, no, I told her after where I said, I thought you were going to, you know, kill us in our sleep. We didn't know. She didn't know. <laughs> no, love- I've never told Paige that I was fearful of my life. And her- <laughs> I love the visual of you and Stella taking shifts, being on the lookout. I know. And the room we were in had this little tiny door that led it's to this like little closet. like the Hunger closet, Games or something. To this little door under the steps, you know? And Stella's like, that's where they put the body. <laughs> I'm going, oh my gosh, Because we both have imaginations and we're like, oh, okay, we're da- we're not going to live. I love you, Stella. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. oh my gosh. But it turned out to be like one of the best parts of the whole trip because I got to meet Paige. Yeah. And, and she made and you blueberry people. muffins. Yes. I mean, it was just... It You're welcome. No murders yeah. occurred. No murders <laughs> occurred. You're welcome. Thank you, Craig. It was my doing. You was it your doing? You yes. This? The whole reason you uh, had to meet up with Paige was to deliver her wand. Her wand, yeah. yeah. Her Harry Potter wand. Oh, yeah. That's right. No, she had offered. I mean. No, it was mine. I got the wand. <laughs> he had to take the fall for the other story, so he gets credit <laughs> for this one. Well, I'm glad that JL just pointed out exactly what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Moving on, we have a story from Graham Harvey that had to do with transportation problems. Uh 
He said, I was traveling from New York City to Florida to visit my family for the holidays. I hailed a taxi to take me to the airport. The taxi driver drove so wildly that I started to feel nauseous in the car. I checked in and got on the plane, still feeling pretty sick. We pulled away from the gate and then sat on the runway for over two hours. Oh, I have had to do that's that. That's my before. nightmare. That is that is a nightmare. Yeah. He said, this was an evening flight with a connection in Atlanta. By the time we arrived in Atlanta, there were no more flights to Florida. The airline booked everyone into hotels. Most ended up in the airport hotels, but a few of us ended up being booked in a hotel much farther away. I arrived at the hotel, checked in, and got 45 minutes of sleep before the shuttle came back to pick me up. Oh, my gosh. Somehow, still sick from the taxi and the flight, my stomach had had it. Without a bag and without a way to open the window, I threw up into my hat in front of the other 10 people in the shuttle. I finally arrived at the Tampa airport where my mother had arranged for her car to be parked so that I wouldn't have to pay for a cab. I got in the car and started the 20-minute drive home. 10 minutes later, on the interstate, one of the tires went flat. I looked in the back, and for some reason, the spare was flat, too. I called AAA and had the car towed to the shop. They couldn't fix the car for another three to four hours. Luckily, by then, my brother had arrived, came to pick me up, and I went back later for the car. Did he keep the hat? (laughs) I hope he did not. And was it like a stocking cap or like a... It was a toboggan. A toboggan. Lord. (laughs) Do you call them toboggans? Um, I grew up not calling them toboggans. I actually, the, well, I mean, it all, what, what specific type of hat, though? I don't know. I just it's pulled that word out of... I mean, I know what my I think My husband calls it a toboggan. Is. I don't know what type I've of hat I've lost my toboggan. I, 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 no, your toboggan is what you ride downhill in the snow. Well, that's well, no, it, too. There it, are toboggans as far as hats go. Exactly. It can be. It all depends on what style it is. Out of curiosity, what style do you say a toboggan is? Uh, it... Are you asking me to describe the type of hat <laughs> yeah, that I like would call a toboggan? Me, for me, like I know <laughs> that a, a lot of toboggan to you. Okay, so you know your winter hats that you put on, usually the knitted ski caps, whatever. With the fluffy. Yes, with yeah. like the, with the fluffy with the ridge. Except <laughs> yeah. for in my mind, a toboggan is actually one that has like one of those long. I have one at home, actually. Okay, with like, a little tassel on the end. Well, mine doesn't have a tassel, mine but they're, a tassel. The, they're like the long The longer, ver- almost a Santa style. Okay, kind of me. like, what's the, what's the Peanuts character? I would call that a stocking cap. A stocking cap? Mm, well, that, to me, yeah. that's a toboggan. Now, because now Kelvin, of mom and her kerchief and I and my cap. It's my stocking so cap. stocking cap, Because yeah. my mom would say, get your stocking cap. Of course, She's country from the 30s. I don't know. Now, a toboggan, I'd never heard that in my life until I married Kelvin. And one day he came out, and it was a chilly day in Florida, in Georgia. And he says, I can't find my, to- my toboggan. And I'm going, what the heck He's is going a sledding. Right? We don't have a toboggan. There's no snow. He's like, my toboggan, my toboggan. He's pointing to his head. And I'm going, dude. I would have said Google it. I don't know what you're talking about. And he says, my hat. And to him, the toboggan was just a stocking cap. Yeah, the, the ski cap. Yeah, yeah. But is for you for me it is specifically the long kind. I don't know if Mine's not the long kind. Mine have is the <laughs> Mine is your uh, typical knit one that does have the extra that goes around. Mm-hmm. That the, you flip to up. Keep it, yeah, that you can roll. flip up oh. or if you're weird and you can flip down, but then That's not a toboggan. Well, no, it's but it's also then it if it has the fluff ball on the top, then it also has you know, it has a little extra room. It's not really tight on there. 
It's random. I love taking these and moving on with it. Okay, so we're going to say it was a fedora. He, he threw up into his fedora. No toboggan. Okay. Okay. Uh, the next one is from Sarah Wittick. Okay. She had a story about the not dependable travel companion. Oh. I have that sometimes. I have to. Con- uh, oh, wait. No, this is. I was thinking of a different one. This is. I have a double whammy, she says. Uh, this to me is an absolute nightmare like the worst of well maybe almost the worst of all of them i am an uber planner however when we planned a vacation with another close family of ours to a resort in cancun that they had visited seven times before my friend assured me that all i needed to do was show up at the airport and that she had taken care of everything else the only information that i needed to worry about was our dining reservations Fast forward to the airport, where me, my husband, and my two very young kids were waiting to board the plane and waiting for our friends. When I get a phone call from my sobbing friend, who just found out at security that her kids' passports were expired. Oh, man. Luckily, we live in Chicago, near a passport office, and they were able to get them renewed the same day. But we were off to another country for the first time, I might add, without a clue as to where we were going and how to get there when we landed. Because these were things that the friend had taken care of. Right. Let me just say that that was the most stressful beginning to a trip I have ever had. I knew the name of the hotel, but nothing else, like how we were supposed to get there. I was able to piece together information from my email, and my husband spoke enough broken Spanish that we were able to figure out how to get to our hotel. But it was incredibly scary not knowing what we were doing in a foreign country. She said, needless to say, I overplan for everything now. That, that it, if someone else is making the plans... You need to share the plans with everybody. Absolutely. Because that is a nightmare. That is a scary nightmare. Google Docs, people. Right? <laughs> right? Because you yes. don't. I don't. I, I hate not knowing. I mean, it's fun. Okay. It's hard to imagine how that even ever happened. making plans. That's fine. I'm going to do this part. You're going to do that part. But you need to share it all. But if you, well, what I'm saying is if you are participating in that part of the plan, you need to know what's going on. Yeah, you need to know. You need to know the confirmation numbers, you know, the route of transportation, yeah. all of that. Everything. You need it all. I mean, this, I don't even know if I would have gotten on the plane because I, well, for me, traveling out of the country, I have no idea what's going on. I would on. now, but maybe... 30 years ago, I might not have. I would probably still be too freaked out to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to weigh in, Craig? I'll weigh in on this one. Th- this exact one? Yeah. No. No, we've got nothing to add. <laughs> no. Was there something on there not about, to that one. or was it the last one you were talking about, um, the, plan, the, cha- the plans changed? Where they were going? I don't know. This one's really good, though, the one coming up next. Okay, tell me that one. This is from Ryan... Hallern Pan, Jallern Pan, I think it's Hallern Pan. He wants to talk about, okay, we just talked about the not dependable travel companion. Mm -hmm. This is the rogue travel companion. I love this one so much. My family had the bright idea to take a road trip, RV style, through the Southwest. They, uh, the drive was through California, Nevada, Arizona, and New Mexico. Although most of the trip went without a hitch, there was one memorable night that we can't forget. I love how he tells this story. Okay. (laughs) To preference this day, my father, the driver, got a speeding ticket for going three miles over that morning. The next events happened that night. Picture it. A stormy summer evening in Arizona. I know, he's such a good storyteller. In the RV is me, my twin brother, mom, dad, and grandma. Grandma has the bright idea to make pet rocks and leaves the RV without telling anyone. 
While they're driving? Well, I'm assuming they stopped. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, uh, so she leaves the RV without telling anyone that she's going, and she goes to do this to fetch some pebbles. Um, after about 20 minutes, she's still not back. We suddenly get a phone call from her cell phone saying that she's stuck in a phone booth and that it's beginning to hail. Out goes mom without a rain jacket to start Operation Find Grandma. She leaves and the storm intensifies. High winds, lightning, and golf ball-sized hail. The apocalypse was happening, dear God. But wait, hope arrives. The RV door flies open and here's Grandma running up the stairs and using mom to shield her from the storm. Grandma makes it back to the RV, but not before slamming the door on my mom's finger. I count this moment in my life as the moment that I learned my first explicatives. Uh, expletives. expletives. I know I can't say. I can never say that word. Bad Sorry. words. Explicable <laughs> expletives. Right. Her finger turned red, then blue, and finally almost black. Her fingernail began to come off completely, and pain tormented her for the rest of the vacation. The good news pain is... Pain tormented her for the rest the good news is that grandma was fine and the rock puppets were born. You know, they, they just wow. uh, followed through with that. We actually ended up losing one of the rock puppets um, <laughs> out of the window the next day. But that's another story. Somebody threw the rock out the window. Wow. Would that make it a ruppet? Oh, it would make it a ruppet. I do not know. Rock puppet. In the interest of time, I'm going to push through. Okay. This was a passport fraud problem from Genevieve Pelletier. This one is serious. Okay. She says, I was going through a hard point in my life and some family decided to take me on a trip. I'm Canadian and traveling to Cuba is a quick and cheap vacation for us. At a few days notice, we booked and were headed off to Cuba. While I was packing, I remembered my passport had gone through the wash. Oh, well, there was no time to get a new one. This was my mistake. She gives the rest of this story in bullet points. <laughs> The Canadian airport security couldn't scan my passport because it was in such bad shape. They just typed it in and gave me a lecture about taking care of my passport. Old news, buddy. I have washed these numerous times. Next. Landed in Cuba, and they tried to scan my passport. It doesn't scan, and they can't just type in the numbers. They don't know what to do with me, but they decide to let me in the country anyway. They inform me that I need to go to the Canadian embassy and get a letter saying that it's a valid passport before I leave. Deal. I figured out that the uh, CDN embassy is a Canadian embassy is on the other side of the country. Darn. After trying to figure out how the heck I was going to get to the embassy, a staff informs me that they have a representative for the embassy in our hotel. This was on a Wednesday and I leave Sunday. Awesome. Plenty of time. I speak with the lady Wednesday mid-morning and she informs me I need to speak with Cuban immigration. I'm still thinking this will take two seconds and I'll be drinking at the pool bar in an hour. Wrong. Cuban immigration happened to be a 10-minute horse and buggy ride from my hotel. The embassy lady took me to look for the police station. Um, oh, the embassy lady told me to look for the police station. Go to the back of the building. There will be an unmarked door, and that's where it will be. This was starting to sound less awesome. When I arrive, I find that the unmarked door, um, and a door is not really what it was. It was more of a space. And then I look inside, and it is a pitch-dark hallway. I was starting to get a bad feeling about it. I walk down the hallway and find a tiny office with only two desks. There are two men sitting behind them, and they ignored me. In my three words of Spanish, I try to explain my case. One man finally looks up at me and reaches out for my passport that I had in my hand. I give it to him. He stares at it for a solid 10 minutes. He starts talking to the other guy, but I have no idea what he's saying. The man gets um, on the phone and is talking to someone in Spanish. It's too fast for me to understand anything. 
He eventually hands me the phone. I have no idea who's on the other line. I said, hello? And luckily it was the embassy lady. I was relieved to hear it was her, but it was short-lived. She explained to me that he had decided my passport was invalid and I wasn't allowed to leave Cuba using it. My anxiety shot right up. Back on the horse and buggy to see her, she told me I need to apply for an emergency passport. It takes three full Canadian business days to be approved. At this point, it was Wednesday at about one o'clock and they, cho- and they close at two. They don't work weekends. She says, I don't have three full business days and we both sit there staring at each other. <laughs> we decided to try it anyway because, well, I can't live in Cuba. And when you apply for an emergency passport, you need to go through a security check. That means all of your work information, residence, references for the last five years, they need all of it. I had moved and worked a bunch of places. Also, I have to find that information only using the available computer, the one available computer at the resort. It was hell. Once I finally find all the information, I need to also give them five people that they can call that have known me for more than two years and that I'm not related to. Plus, we had to get a hold of them in the middle of the workday. I can't even describe how hard that was, but finally, I got the paperwork in. They called the people and had them physically describe my appearance. Keep in mind, these people had no idea what was happening. All they know is that (laughs) if an embassy in the third world country was calling them and they needed to describe me. I go in Thursday morning. She tells me Canada hasn't looked at my application yet. I go in Friday morning at 7 a.m. And she tells me Canada hasn't looked at it yet. Keep in mind, it needs to be approved by 2 o'clock when the place closes or everyone I know goes back to Canada without me and I'm left in Cuba alone to figure out a place to stay. I go in at 10 a.m. and it's still not processed. I'm freaking out at this point. My cousin decides to take me on an excursion to change my uh, uh, her frame of mind. And at this point, she's convinced that she's going to be stuck in Cuba. During the tour... uh, An elder was talking about a plant that brings you good luck. When he was done, he threw it on the ground, and her cousin and she dove for it. And they kept it in their pocket. She says, we get back to the hotel about one. could be an issue if you're trying to leave the country with a plant, but okay. This is, this is, I I mean, I had anxiety reading this story. She says, we get back to the hotel at one and the application is still not approved. And at this point, I'm openly bawling. At 1.45, we try one more time and holy cow, it's approved. I can't even describe how happy we were and how much we celebrated. They told me that I had to get passport photos done for it before they closed at two. (laughs) Luckily, that happened because the gift shop did passport photos there. At this point, she thinks they're golden. That was until they got to the airport. She says, I assumed that they had seen an emergency passport because I couldn't possibly be the only idiot out there. But the guy hadn't. He, she got pulled back into a place and was aggressively questioned for almost an hour. She says, they apparently thought I was Cuban. They thought this because I didn't have my original passport anymore. Well, the lady at the Canadian embassy consulate had made me turn it in. I begged them to call her, but they refused. They just kept accusing me of things. Finally, they call and everything was cleared up. She was allowed to fly home. She said, when we land in Canada, I'm positive things will be okay. They weren't, of course. They pulled me aside for questioning. I explained the entire story. The Border Patrol man is now demanding I give him my now non-valid original passport. Obviously, I can't because I gave it to the consulate. He then started accusing me of selling my Canadian passport in Cuba. I now know... People do that? Apparently so. She says it's big money. But at the time, she was just very, very scared. He refused to let me in until I turned in the physical passport, but I couldn't do that. This went back and forth, and finally he let me in. I think he just realized I was telling the truth and didn't know how things worked. And that was after an hour. Can you imagine? This, she went a nightmare. To, she went to Cuba to, get, to be relaxed, and then this happens. Like I would definitely be losing my mind. I think that takes the winner. Yeah. Well, yes, and then no. Our final one was from Barbara Hawkinson. 
<laughs> this oh, one. Oh, no, Barbara. What's, what happened this to her? This is something that is literally out of a movie. And I, I can't. I can't imagine having this happen to me. She says, I only have one travel disaster that I can recall. A few years back, I took my stepdad, who was a Western movie fanatic, on a short cowboy adventure. We drove from Southern California to Arizona. We drove out to old Tucson studios, where they have filmed many Western movies and TV shows. When we got to the gate, we had a Wally World experience, finding that the studios closed on Tuesdays. And Tuesday was the only day that we would be in the area. But for $5, they would let us walk down the Cowboy Street and look in a museum. Then they had us watch a little movie showing us everything that we could be experiencing if the place was open. That's it? I'm having you? Uh, well, actually, it did. We went to, uh, when we were in Canada the first time, we went over to um, Prince Edward Island because I wanted to see Anne of Green Gables. There's like a little living village there and we got there about 30 minutes before they were ready to close and i said look i might never come back please just let me walk in and look around right yeah so and it was me and kathy mm -hmm. kathy whirling and evelyn and cheryl are canadian friends and we walked in and everybody had to have a wristband if you were there and they were doing little act you know little anne of green gables activities and stuff well the little girl playing Anne, little redheaded snitch girl um, noticed we weren't wearing wristbands and went and got this really this other woman to come back and get us and escort us out and I explained look the up at the front they told us we could just walk in I, we're not doing anything I just want to walk around that's all I want to do and they were going to escort us out because <laughs> we could we couldn't do anything we just wanted to walk I just wanted to see it right yeah so yeah it was a nightmare and then of course, Kathy's standing there taking pictures of me being escorted About out. About you getting kicked out of... I've been getting kicked out of Avonlea. But, <laughs> so it was... But no, it's... But the whole... Um, this one, it wasn't even open. They yeah. arrived at Wally World. I'll give you five, but... The gates are when closed. you were saying it was like the old... I thought it was going to be like the Brady Bunch where they went in the old western town and they got locked in the jail cell by <laughs> the prospector who didn't want him to jump his claim. And, you know, they had to link their belts together to get the key. You know, that's on episode. next week's episode. Is it? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think any family trip is a potential disaster waiting to happen for whatever reason. I think all of... The stories that people are telling are all the one with the the one with the passport. I think was the one that was actually oh my god, like this a is, real yeah. scary, scary. Yeah. Travel that was disaster. the scary one, you know. I mean, oh, I, I have one that's close, but not that good. Let's hear it. It's not about me. So my dad was in New York uh, doing business, and so then he was flying home right before a holiday and you might want to see you while you're telling this story. Oh yeah, my bad. So he was <laughs> trying to get a flight home. And so while they were in air, they got rerouted. And so then he had to spend the night in, uh, just outside of the airport with a person that he didn't even know that was like some salesman with them. Yeah. Just uh, some like shower clip sailor, like a, that's where I'd be doing weird. what you and Stella did. You and, uh, staying up. and so, then from there, they go and they think they're going to get a flight and they can't. So then it just it turns into this whole crazy thing where then they have to get on a bus and a train and a car. And then finally, by some sheer luck, they make it home. Isn't that wild? Yeah, you know. You just or wait, no, that, that was the plot of planes, trains, and automobiles. I thought that kind oh, of sounded like it. 
uh, Craig. This guy. Well, it's not as good as the one about my friend Kevin, who, uh, you know, they were getting ready to take a big family vacation. Yeah, I think I know this one. <laughs> and he was, he, was he left home alone? Home alone? Oh, my the, gosh. And the robbers tried to... <laughs> I think I read about this in the papers. I think you're a tough guy. Good Lord. I think the moral of this story is, you know, along the lines of these terrible, terrible things can happen, but hopefully you just got to keep a good enough sense of humor so that down the road yeah. you and can none look of, on it. None of these things are life-threatening. Life threatening. No. You know, knock on wood. You got to know that that family. Right. Well, yeah. you got to know that the family with grandma who went to go get the rock pets, like that's a great story. Yeah. I'm sorry that the mom lost her fingernail in the process, but you but know that happens all, all the time. You know that they're laughing about that now. Now. Yeah. It's a good story. Yeah. It's a good family story. Exactly. You know, I'll forever be telling the story of Grace peeing beside the road in the snow because we were in a blizzard and she, there was no place to stop. So, you know, we're definitely going to have to have another one of these episodes coming to you in 2016. I think that's going to wrap it up for this week and this year and this year. So we want you to stay in touch with us, though. We are still active on our Facebook page, Twitter account, Instagram, Pinterest and Pinterest. Pinterest. We are really getting our Pinterest board in shape with uh Links all of, with all of the restaurants we've been to, the attractions we've visited, as well as um, discussions about the topics that we've discussed that are on the Disboard. So we'll hope that you join us on all of those places. We yeah. are Dis the Trip there. And like we mentioned before, write to us. We are the trip at disunplugged.com. Yeah, tell us what you like, what you didn't like. I'm going to write in. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna write in and say, gripe I don't like email. the way Craig treats Teresa. <laughs> I've got a fake email address. I'm gonna use. Yeah, put all of that in our suggestions. He's just now. such an ass. Can I say that? Okay, no. <laughs> you just okay. did. All right. <laughs> so with that, we're going to close up this episode and this year. Trip Happy out. holidays. Happy holidays.